Today on The Big Inside, you better straighten up and become a doctor, young man, instead of wasting all your time at the gym sculpting your pectorals. Uh, okay. Almost 10 years ago on The Big Inside, we had an 18-year-old teenage bodybuilder named Mike. Well, whatever happened to his love of bodybuilding? Was it just a vanity pursuit? Well, back on the show is now Dr. Mike Cavalier to discuss how bodybuilding and lifting played out in his life and how they might just be pursuits worth more than a few good shirtless selfies. That workout for your ears begins right now. It's another Monday night somewhere. Wait, wait, that doesn't make any, that doesn't make any sense. I, I guess it's time once again for the big inside. Wow, what a ride, what a ride into this show. Broadcasting from the world-famous Public Alley 701 in the teenage city of Boston, Massachusetts, I'm Christian Mady, a.k.a. XN, and this is barely the big inside. I can't tell you what's been going on, folks. An ongoing discussion that intersects and connects what transforms the body with, with what transforms the world and then turns them both inside out. We're all about the conversation, not the education. But with our luck, you'll probably end up learning something along the way. Joining me this week, he's back after weeks of absence. He's back. Show regular, Scott Batorf, founder of Aspire Instagra Integrated Training and Flexibility. You can learn more about his work at AspireFlex.life. Scott, can you believe the... I, 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 I'm so glad our audience doesn't know the shit show of prep that sometimes happens on Arthur. Can you believe this? Oh, I, I'm totally in belief. I'm always in belief. Now, Scott, you had some good news, right? You just had something really awesome happen for your inline skating team. Is this true? Well, yeah, I yeah. am. Our inline um, professional hockey team won the Western Conference Championship. Wow! So you're like the you're like the king of the Rockies. Is that it? Like they just put you at the top of the mountain. Your inline skates just roll down to the bottom, and that's yes. I, I am the king of the Rocky Mountain region. That's right. What's the so, name? Of your, what's the name of your team again? You pro athlete, you. It's uh, called the Front Range Thunder. Front Range Thunder. Yeah, yeah. Front Range is being as the Front Range is the Rocky Mountains, Rocky Mountain Mountains that run all the way up to so, Dakotas. The, wow. So that's 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 a lot of skating territory. That's congratulations, Scott. That's awesome. And, and, uh, and you, you only had a few little beers, right? You're, you're mostly here, right? Uh, I'm, I'm actually much more here than I was before. So. <laughs> you know, as uh, Mr. Cavallari, I, I'm a big fan of, so, so this will be good. This will be good. Yes. I'm, 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 I'm looking, excited. I'm looking forward to it too. We had a real Rocky speaking of Rockies. <laughs> we had a very Rocky start today, folks today on the big deal though, we're going to play the game of which came first. Was it an interest in the workings of the body, which create a bodybuilder? Or is it a passion for bodybuilding, which generate a deeper interest in the body, which comes first? Well, we're going to try and figure that out. Almost 10 years ago, while The Big Inside was still live on sports radio. That's right. We were live and on sports radio. WWZN, 1510 AM, The Zone. Because The Zone. I'm in your zone. My voice is in yours. That's gross. All right. We did a, a show. Featuring teenage competitive bodybuilders, one of which was Mike. Now, they're a rare breed, He, we, and but we just wanted to kind of see what compels a kid, basically a kid, to put their free personal time towards a pursuit that is so engrossing. Well, 
Mike Cavalier from Westboro, Massachusetts, was 18 years old at the time, but but he had been actually competing even before then. So he was a true teenage competitive bodybuilder. Now, when he explained his connection to the competitive sport, it was clear that it was playing a pretty formative role in his social identity. And those are our fancy words, not his you know teenage words. But why don't we play you a clip? You can listen to how he describes his experience back then. We're going to go in the Wayback Machine to 10 years ago. And you can hear how much the sport was developing in him a sense of his personal identity. Here's Mike in 2008. Mike, I want to start with you. Now, growing up, big athlete, were you this big jocko dude, football player, what were you? No, not at all. No, I was uh, I was one of those kids that, you know, you, not the ones that got picked last, the one that you didn't want on your team because you just sucked at everything. <laughs> like me? Yeah, sure. <laughs> they don't want me on the radio, let alone on the – You so wait, you, no athletic no, – no consistent athletic background is what you're saying, right? Well, you know, I played the, I played the generic sports that, you know, kids – I played soccer, baseball, and basketball, all that stuff. I mean, it was all right. I, I, I wasn't really, you know, particularly good. But I still played it, and I, I still held my own for the most part. And when did you? Now, did you? Were you always fascinated with bodybuilding? Were you always into the weightlifting? How did that even enter the the picture? Uh, well, about seventh grade, um, a bunch of my friends they would always they they would go to the YMCA and you know bench and curl and do all those things that all the beginning lifters do. Well, that's all you need, right? Just bench and curl, right? But, uh, oh yeah. What else is there? No, you don't need to train legs. <laughs> Yes, I don't. Thank you for that. Um, no, so basically it was through your peers is what you're saying. Well, it's actually interesting because I, I actually used to used to hide the fact that I did this. Um, <laughs> you were a closet bodybuilder? <laughs> sort of. I mean, I, it's hard to explain to someone. I mean, when, when you say bodybuilder, obviously we're going to think of the huge guy, you know, on the muscle magazines. Uh, they're going to think of your, your Jay Cutlers and Ronnie Coleman's and whatnot. And so sort of saying, you know, yeah, I'm a bodybuilder. I can't, you know, go out and, and party every weekend or I can't, you know, uh, eat uh, McDonald's with you every, every you know, after school. Gotcha. Like that. And, uh, you, you know, they kind of question you like, you, you know, you're not a bodybuilder. What are, you, what are you talking about? Oh, because you don't, you're not walking around looking like you're, you know, 280 pounds kind of, kind right. of guy. So. You you think that you're like you have like a counter stereotype that in other words I mean do people treat you like a, I'm calling you out do people think you're a joker Mike do people think that you're a, like this kid Oh yeah absolutely really like this little pipsqueak over here says he's a body and then like behind their back like <laughs> and like laughing Oh, oh no no not like that I mean <laughs> I told you to be a curveball I mean, Joker hasn't like some guy that thinks pretty funny and stuff Do you, are there bigger guys in your school who are like dude you got nothing Well at, at first yes at first they were like that. Huh. But uh, actually, since the you know since I, I've I've done a contest and I've been prepping for you know 17 weeks for it, so they've come to understand that you know I'm not just like I'm not um, doing this for to say you know look what I can do and I'm much better than you, not much stronger and I can lift more weight than you and stuff like that. I'm just I'm doing it for myself and and you know, to better myself. There it is. That's Mike. Uh, at the conclusion of this program, we playfully asked Mike if he would come back in 10 years to let us know how his passion for bodybuilding competition played out in the you know subsequent years and becoming an adult. Now, we were being playful at the time, but little did he know we were dead serious. We make all of our commitments come true on the big deal. 
that, that, that's it. You, you know, you don't escape the big inside. You just kind of, you know, go to school. So, and as a matter of fact, that's what Mike did. And now he's Dr. Mike Cavalier, DPD, which is doctor of physical therapy, not a medical doctor. Let's reel it back. Let's dial it back, folks. But still a doctor nonetheless. Clearly, his intricate connection of how the body works is still of major prevalence in his identity. It's his career. But was it bodybuilding that planted that interest in the career choice? Or was it that he would have gone towards researching the body anyway, and bodybuilding was just the early signal? Well, many of us know the stereotype, you know, the response of parents when they have a teenager who's obsessing about their body. Gotta go to the gym, mom. Well, the common advice is put that obsession aside. That's not going to lead to anything production productive. Excuse me. It's just a vanity thing. But Mike's evolution from a young lister, lifter to professional doctor may not just be a fluke for Mike. It could actually, maybe it's indicating something. Looking at how the obsession with, some, with something that seems a vanity pursuit on the surface may actually have more substantive results than we suspect. We are joined now by himself. The kid you just heard, Dr. Mike Cavalier as an adult. Hi, Mike. How are you doing? How old are you now? I'm good. I'm, 20, I'm 27 now. How I many... believe that was 10 years ago that I... I know, right? Like that. It doesn't seem like that, does it? God. No, it really, it really doesn't. And uh, it's so funny to hear now because, you know, obviously, if you, I don't, if you listen to yourself 10 years ago from now, you'd look back and just be like, oh, God. Right? <laughs> and Scott, and Scott, you... you uh, you you just heard the you just heard the clip and you know you can hear Mike isn't he isn't he kind of trying to make his voice sound deeper now is that it uh, he's like <laughs> I'm not a kid anymore I'm I'm a big boy 27 yeah because Scott you were there at the very beginning like you remember uh, you know you were you that's how you became a show regular were you there were you were you on Mike's show or not I forget Mike's show the original when he was a kid when he was a spry young buck no I think it was some other it was some other. Maybe it was another Mike. teen, I think it was. Oh, yeah. Another I, team was on it. I don't Chris, know. Chris Buhager from New Jersey. Oh, that's right. I, I, def I definitely met Mike oh, many yeah. times. Yeah. And uh, it was a pleasure. Cavalier is a beast. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, the um, like the question, Scott, are you eating on the air? Just, just I was going to call it out. <laughs> No, you know, I, you know, I wanted to say let's, that. Let's, let's, uh, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, like I said, folks, this has not been a smooth show today. Um, anyway, uh, Mike, the question, let's get back to seriousness. So let's ask something really serious. Mike, the question that is obviously raised when we approach the topic of competitive bodybuilding as a meritorious impact on the developmental psyche of a young person's mind, the question on everyone's mind is this. Um, is it still okay if I don't train legs? Is that all right? Go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> I, think, I think everyone knows the answer to that question is absolutely. Because, I mean, it only, only, the muscles that only matter are the ones that you can see in the mirror when you're wearing pants. So, so uh, you know, biceps, chest, abs. Well, so pretty much, this pretty much covers everything. I'm not wearing pants now, so I better get to work. Um, <laughs> that's, that's how I lose my <laughs> listeners. So, like, here's the deal. So, um, what happened to your interest in the competitive sport? Did it continue? So after 18, did you knock out? First off, let me say this. What did you, let's, let's just, let's give you the ego stroke. So you were this 18-year-old kid. How big were you as an 18-year-old? I'm going to use the word big. How tall were you? How much did you weigh? You know, as Jack Little Monkey. What was it? Um, I was probably like five, six and weighed maybe like 150, I want to say. No, that that had, right. you had to be bigger. So now you're, and now you're, what are you at 27 now that you got your big boy body finally? 
I mean, I'm, I'm, my big boy body is five six and one ninety. Jeez, so I didn't really gain much uh, much height, unfortunately. But well, then you're, lift, you do? you're lifting wrong. Um, so <laughs> what happened to the wrong? What happened to the interest? So there in that clip, we heard how you were talking about um, how it's for you, and you know, and that's you know what anyone's gonna say, you know, uh, when they're young, like yeah, I'm doing it for me. But what happened to that interest? Did you continue competing? Like, how did it fall away? Did you just get like f this? Like, what? Where did it go? I know it's a broad question, but hit me. Well, up. I mean, I think I think a lot of it was just kind of where my life was going at the time. You know, when I was 18, I was graduating high school and going to go to college. So I wanted to really focus on my you know college experience in terms of class and right. So it was kind of the parents. It was kind of, not literally the parents, but you were raised to be you know put things in their proper place, so to speak. Yeah. Yeah, I would, I would agree with that. And then what? after that, I went directly to physical therapy school, which was only two weeks after my graduation of college. So there was no real time in between where I could like really kind of focus on like, OK, I'm going to do a real serious prep for a show because I was always kind of doing something. So until you know, only recently. So really, this it was is... just kind of more related to my, my lifestyle. Oh, are you, are you recently getting ready for a show? Is that what's happening? Are you in are you, are you now? That... <laughs> there's, I'm not, I'm, I don't want to give any direct like absolutes, but there's a there's a potential show later in this year that I may be competing in. Ooh, wow! Announced uh, here. Did it, did it, did it, did it, breaking news, folks. Um, <laughs> the uh, no. Yeah, like. Yeah, yeah. Can you can you give me the date for that so I can attend? <laughs> oh yeah, of course, um, of course. It's uh. So, but seriously, so like, do you think, and this is like an unfair question, but like, use your imagination. Let's go back to school now. Do you think, because I'm going to pursue the interest point that I brought up earlier, but for now, do you think if you did compete, if there had been room, it would have helped your education at all? Or do you really just, like you said, think it would have just been pure frivolous distraction? I mean, obviously you Um, thought it was going to be a distraction because you didn't do it, but is there something in the process that you think mar- marries to the the education you had, or are they two totally different things? And I, I could see. Yeah, I mean, I think there's. I mean, I think there's absolute value to it for sure. I mean, I think that if you could, if you as a person could manage it in terms of, you know, managing all the things that you found important, in addition with your classes and things like that. I, I think, yeah, I think it could be because it teaches you a lot of things that are kind of intangible, like you know, like dedication and consistency, and you know, planning ahead, those type of things that are important for you know anyone really in general but, but also don't you think you were like but don't you think you were like that anyway i'm not gonna be nice to you like i was when you were a kid don't you think, <laughs> don't you, don't you think <laughs> f that don't you think you those that, that's just your personality it has nothing to do with the bodybuilding like that's just an incidental like you're just a that you maybe you're just a buckled down dude right i mean i i think yes i mean i definitely was raised like that but i think it's a mix of things you know i think that if i didn't find any value in i wouldn't be keep, i wouldn't keep doing it yeah why you know? are you gonna it's, do it's it? not one of these things Dude, you're a doctor. Now you have your own private practice. Do you want to plug it, or is it just like a super down low? Like you have your own practice. Just right? down low right now. Very down low. Okay. We'll plug it at the end. All right, we're doing the end. But you, it is a it is it is a private practice, and uh, you know you you're all set. Why 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 would you go back to wearing a bag of grapes on stage? Like why? What's that all about? What's that? What's that uh-huh. about for you? This is why so nicely. Uh, I think it's just because just for the the spirit of it. You know, it was really when I did it back when I was eighteen. It was uh, a real enjoyable experience. I think part of it for me too is is kind of to prove myself that I can do it again. You know, it's been almost ten years. You know, and it's it's a long time to not be out of the loop, and I want to kind of get back into the scene and kind of 
both for myself and also my, my business to build into working with that population. So you, what we see a lot on the show is we have people who like they come on, like even our last week's guest was, you know, he, this guy's, yeah, I've been in this sport for blah, 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 years and decades and whatever. And so there's just really strong opinions, wow. but, but you know, for the most part, people drift away, you know, and mm-hmm. it, it, just for whatever reason. And that's a whole, maybe a whole other topic, but do you think more people, and you're only just starting. You may come back and be totally like, "This is nothing like I remember." But do you think? Sure. Do you th- do you think more people should come back? Like, do you th- do you think that you're an anomaly of interest? And I want to talk about that interest. Or do you think that you know, yeah, people should take this up again? This is something that we should revisit. Just yeah, your opinion. I mean, pure opinion. Yeah, my my opinion is yes, because I think that there's, there's something to be said about the the dedication and consistency aspect of it that carries over to other aspects of your life, and of course. You know, also with any, you know, any sport like bodybuilding or powerlifting or strongman, uh, there's some, there's a degree of like that improvement of yourself that goes along with it. And so I think that that can help people just build self-esteem and build self-confidence, you know, for anyone uh, to get them back into a place that, that they feel comfortable with. I mean, the sport itself, too, even, you know, just being out of the loop for a while. Uh, you know, I've still gone to shows and things like that, and you can see kind of how things have progressed even in the last, you know, five, ten years. Right. Uh, but, it, you know, so that's, in ways that's been a little bit more you know, pushing pushing me away from it because it's become a lot more of a casual thing. We're kind so, of, uh, know, talk to me about every- that. Wait, what do you mean by it's – because that's what I wanted to – that was sort of leading into my next question. What What's changed – you say it's more casual. What's more casual? What are you, what are you talking about? Uh, I, just, I just feel like at least the shows I've been to, and this is all you know based on my experience, is that there's a lot more nowadays of people just kind of getting on stage because they can, mm. uh, and not really it's so much of like you know I've worked really hard to get here and so on and so forth. There's sort of I don't know, maybe I'm speaking too broadly, but I think that there's a when I when I've seen people on stage, I felt like there's a lot of people who just kind of worked out for a year and then got on stage and then been like, okay, that was an experience and then kind of moved on to other aspects of their life rather than being So what is like, it you okay, want? What well, do you want bodybuilding to represent? I mean, that's what you're sort of veering toward. And I think it's appropriate, but I'm just curious. Like, so what, what do you want? So here's this 18 year old kid. You came in with dreams and I want you to reflect in a minute on what that 18 year old kid's perception was. But here you are telling me, I feel like I'm seeing something other than what I would want. Well, what is that thing you'd want? Like, what should that sport be? <laughs> Hmm. Uh, I would say tough, tough thing, tough thing to answer. Really, I mean, it's you know, I guess I would say that it would be a sport where there's a lot of camaraderie. There's a lot of uh, everyone helping each other out. There's a lot of um, you know the way that that people will always kind of look to each other for advice and guidance. Kind of that's what, that's what I remember. Those are some of my fondest memories of competing the first time. Right. You know, I feel like nowadays is a lot more of that kind of that doggy dog mentality, and there's a little bit more spacing between different coaches and prep types and things like that. So, I guess my my uh, initial reaction to that would be, you know, make it more of an like, almost like what you've been doing, make it more of a team based thing. So it's yeah. more, you know, people and that, involved. And do you think that that like your education, like now you go through education, and this is like button it up, buckle it down, whatever clothing analogy you want to use. Um, <laughs> strap it tight, uh, lace it up, whatever. Yeah, pick a pick a pick one, folks. And so this is what school is about, especially when you're getting a doctorate. Obviously, you know, you're working on your um, your DPT or whatever you call it. And I did that right, right? And uh, so I'm sure that their take on the body isn't 
I'm not sure. I'm asking. Is it is the aesthetic portion totally not there? Is that is that one of the things that they're not really educating you on? And just just out of curiosity, like I, I'm assuming so, but I want to check with you. You're the doctor, so what do you think? Yeah, I mean it's much more of a function based, obviously. Right. But so uh, is it? They, they might be able to. Do they look they down be able on to it? Appreciate the aesthetics, but they, you know it's obviously the. The goal is to for proper movement, of function, course, things like because that. it doesn't correlate. I mean, the way one appears has nothing to do with the health or wellness of that person. Obviously, we've talked about exactly. that all the time. But is there sort of a looking down on it because of its strange? You know, it's not. I don't know. It's not physical therapy, doctorly. You know, is there something? Yeah. Is yeah, it really? I, I think so. I mean, I think I think what the the battle between the two is is that. On one hand, in, in terms of being a physical therapist, you want everyone to move well and function well and have, you know, adequate mobility and strength and have good good lifting and whatever it is, yeah. body, so on and so forth. But then when you go to the competitive side of things is that, you know, when you when you play a sport, you play to win, you know, in terms of if you're a power lifter or at a strongman competition, you're probably not con- concerned, especially in the last few reps, if your form is perfect. You're more just concerned right. in getting the weight up. So... I think there's a clash between those two things and, and that, you know, you look it's like a lot of PTs will look at some bodybuilders and say, wow, they look strong or aesthetic or the cases. But, you know, if they watch them train, for example, they'll be like, oh, my gosh, like Cringe this person's going to well, have shoulder problems. And that's, that's what I'm getting at is because you talked about when you were a kid about how you kind of kept it almost like under wraps. Has that changed? That's where I was going with all this. Has that changed? Like, mm-hmm. if this community in physical therapy is, you know, giving a little side eye, like, okay, that's not, okay, that's great, but not really what we do and all that, whatever. I, I'm imitating who I imagine, you know, the the bitchy cheerleader of physical therapy schools. Like. <laughs> but, um, but no, like, if if that's how they perceive it, are you still kind of keeping it under wraps, sort of keep it out of that public light? Or is it something that you're like, you know, that maturity has said, F that, I'm doing my thing? Like, how has that changed for you? Yeah, I think I think more the latter. I think that, you know, I've, I've become less concerned with what other people's opinions on it are and been more concerned with kind of how I implement it into my practice. Because I think that, you know, this is kind of this dynamic between like, for example, some of my patients will, will look at me and my physique and say, wow, you're really strong. You must know what to do type thing. Um, you know, I'm not trying to say if PTs who don't lift, you know, are knowledgeable. Like that, <laughs> no, no, but you know, <laughs> me the mantra of like, okay, you're, you know, you, you walk the walk. This is what I want to work right, with. That there's, that there's an um, experiential piece that if you're like, and, and this is funny because a few episodes back, I don't know if you heard it, that we were discussing this concept. There's an experiential piece that um, even if in that, in that experience, it's totally experimental and random that it's still giving you an understanding of the people who are there. And that is invaluable if you're someone like you, who's trying to like maybe be corrective or informative of those people and helping guide them. If you, if you haven't been there, how are you going to know what the hell they're they're, they're about? Um, But I guess what I'm saying is like, is is the prejudices that maybe made you shut it down or like you said, like, you Mm -hmm. know, kind of don't tell my friends or whatever, because it's a little, you know, they'll mock me or whatever. And now you're different, but if you think about it, those voices that would go into that young man's head and they, oh, I don't want to tell people this. That's kind of what you might hear among the, you know, I don't know, that physical therapy set. You know, like, oh, you really need this. You don't need that. Science says these things. That's push tosh. You don't need that, young man. Sure. And it's like that. You know, that's sort of maybe the one of the originations. Where, where you are right now is ironically one of the originations that would have trickled down to an 18-year-old Mike like, gee, this isn't very 
you know, somehow socially statusy. Would you agree with that, or is that unfair? Yeah, but I would also argue that you know, like, that can be said about anything. You know, whether it's marathon runners or people who bike excessively. You know, there's always going to be that poo-pooing of like, oh my gosh, that's going to be so bad for X, Y, and Z reasons. Right. But I think for me, for me specifically, you know, uh, in terms of you know the bodybuilding aspect of it. I mean, there is a little bit of it in terms of like the, oh, you know, what are you doing type things. But most most people, you know, are, are pretty supportive of it and think it's, think it's kind of interesting. And, you know, I haven't really come across a lot of animosity towards, you know, of towards course not. Yeah. me or, or, you know, any not, not animosity, but, you know, any like, Judgment. oh, you really shouldn't yeah. be doing that. Well, that's what I'm saying. So do, it's been, do, I, think it's, I think it comes with maturity too. Is that know, something that you? Th- are dealing with are, yeah, are old, older. Eighteen. <laughs> but is that one thing? Is that is that a message? Like, okay, so now here we are with a, like, you know, here's eighteen year old Mike. Gosh, golly, Mister Big Inside, how are you? And and then in comes one ninety Mike, and he's like, dude, I'm gonna be like that guy. I mean, is it fair to say that what you're you're getting at is like, don't. Uh, take some pride in it, but that maybe somehow society is encouraging, even though we see so much on Instagram and young people showing off, that in reality, we're not valuing that playground, because really it's a playground that lead, I want to talk about that in a minute, the playground that led to your career in some ways. Do we poo-poo that playground that young people get into a little too, do you think societally we're a little biased? I'm leading the question, but I'm curious if you agree. Yeah, I would agree. I I think that, you know, especially as you're, when you're younger, you know, people would just would assume you're doing it for more of a vanity type thing or if you're doing it for, uh, you know, other reasons, which, to be honest with you, I'm sure in the beginning part for a lot of people is the reason why they're doing yeah, it. Yeah, why was it? Now, yeah. now now that you're older and you can admit it, you're not going <laughs> to do like, you know, 18-year-old try to front. What 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 put you in, Mike? Come on. Why, what was it? Be All right, I don't know if I've told this story before. Yes! We have an so- exclusive, two exclusives <laughs> in one show. Oh, you can so- have a cookie, Scott. You're allowed to have a cookie. I'm so happy. Go ahead. <laughs> So oh, yeah, first, I, I was waiting for the next one. <laughs> there you go. So, so when I first started lifting weights with, you know, the, my friends in seventh grade back when we were what, 12 years old, there was this one kid and he uh, was like, you know, he's like the cool seventh grader. And he was like, <laughs> I remember he could bench, he could bench 95 pounds. Whoa. Like, pretty big for a 12 year old, you know, right, I mean, not bad. Yeah, exactly. And I remember, I remember being like, oh, let's see if I can do that. And like, you know, I couldn't even lift the thing off my chest for a second. And so initially it became this thing where it was like, okay, this guy's like the popular cool kid who can do this. Therefore, if I do this, I'll be the popular cool kid, right? Oh, how, how and then, primitive but wonderful that is, yeah. <laughs> isn't that great 12-year-old logic right there? I love it. That's what I mean. But, it's great. Yeah. So, but, but then from there, you know, I started – so I, I started just working on, you know, working, working benching really, you know. And then from there, I, I remember one time I went to the gym and I saw someone doing a dumbbell row, and I was like, "What are they doing? Maybe I should be doing that." You that, know what I mean? Yeah. Like, and that's and the then thing. From there, just kind of it's interesting how from there. yeah, there was a cascading. How there was an identifying. I mean, that like you said, that child logic. That right. I perceive that kid as having something I don't have. If I do the things he does, I'll get the things he has. But how then that right. cascaded? You're in the gym and you're still thinking, "I better do the things that guy does." But it's interesting how. Throughout that, like in the when you were 18, and this is not, I'm not faulting you or calling you out in the slightest when I say you were fronting, you know, I'm doing it for me and this and that, that, and that's cute. Yeah, that's great. You know, that's why I was like, you heard me on the air. I was kind of like, all right, uh, taking you, taking you as you're taking you. But now you're sort of telling a story that there really is something about connectivity. You, you just a moment ago said you, you missed the camaraderie and the connection that really for this young athlete, and that's what you were at the time, 
there was something about connecting. There was something about being with people, like people, being liked by people. There was something in that that you were hitting on, but there was no one really then guiding that. That was just you freestyling it as you went through. Mm-hmm. When do you think you began getting more aware of it? Because you're clearly aware of it now. When did, you know, like I want things to be more social and more. When do you think you became more aware that that was really the motivative motivator, and not like vanity and good looks, but actually this is connecting me with something that like that's a real, it's a real powerful thing in my life. I think probably once I started, once I went to college, and uh, I started meeting more people who had had done the same things and are doing the same things that I was doing at the time. You know, I was able to connect with them, obviously, in terms of our experiences past and going forward. Uh, and that kind of gave me a community to kind of be with. And I mean, you know, throughout college, right. through, through those people, I met some of my best friends of all time. And, you know, people I'm very close with who all, you know, pretty much all of them lift one way or another, whether they're bodybuilders yeah. or just competitive lifters in one way or another. But it um, from there, you know, it became less of like, oh, I got to look good type thing. And it became more of like a... I'm with these people and together we're right. kind of working together, you know? It's, so that was a real kind of turning point for me in terms of where, you know, cause eventually it came to a point where it's like, okay, I'm looking, you know, I kind of like the way I look, you know, where, where is kind of like, you know, you, you kind of get that figurative with my end goal. And then you realize, you know, there really is no kind of end goal. You're kind of on this path for it to keep working on yourself and keep right. working on, you know, lifts and all those type of things. And you have people there to help support you throughout the, throughout the entire time. And that's so. what's it's interesting because what you're saying is that uh, this is ironic. I'm, I wonder if it's self-fulfilling prophecy or if it's the truth of the matter that you, you, you the thing that that 12-year-old was queuing into, which is obviously fraught with like concerns of being liked and whatnot, was ironically true if i do these things i mean it isn't the kind of popularity the 12 year old envisioned but it certainly became a social like yeah i i now have people who like me it's i and it wasn't the irony is like you're saying it was about the the socializing around the practice and not the result that that did it so i'm not saying it was the body that did it but it's interesting how yeah it's interesting how that it's ironically true and how we you know it's it's compelling that we don't what's all Go ahead. I mean, it was all, the whole thing was very serendipitous in the way that, you know, obviously when I started lifting weights, it wasn't thinking, okay, you know, this is my step one to becoming a doctor of physical therapy. You know, it, it sure. starts as, like you said, you know, it starts in that kind of that vanity and self wanting. And then from there you take a next step and, you know, I met other people who did it. And then from there it took a next step. And What's the like, wedge? Hey, What's the wedge? Because that vanity point of like, I want to be the cool popular kid and I want everyone to be like, bro, nice pecs. And I want that. Where is the wedge that it turned from that vanity pursuit? I just threw a pen at myself. That vanity pursuit. <laughs> I'm so excited here, folks, uh, that, uh, that that but that it became uh, I'm going to go be a doctor. Like, when did that? Was it in high school still? Was it like, oh, I'm doing this. I want to get more into the body. Was it in college? When did you start saying, you know what? I, I'm going to I want to pursue this further. Uh, I mean, it was back. It was back in high school when I know, knew that whatever I wanted to study in college was going to be body related. You know, whether that's going to med school or going to, you know, or doing something research based or doing something in the medical field or doing something exercise based. But so I would say, I guess then it started developing there. But I mean, you know, throughout college, really, I I didn't really know where the end, where, where I was going to end up, you know, with my degree. I, I got sure. a degree in kinesiology at UMass Amherst. Whatever that uh, is. No, just kidding. Yeah. <laughs> I, know words. I have. I said, Joe. It's a running joke, Scott. Don't blow up the big inside jokes. No, what is it, Scott? <laughs> Explain it to our dummies that's, out there. That's a good place. 
I yeah, it's fun. I like it a lot. Oh, you're talking about UMass. I thought about kinesiology. I was like, yeah. <laughs> but, but I mean, UMass is yeah. great. Yeah, UMass is a good time. But even even with that, I mean, for my first two years, I was I was pretty confident that I wanted to do research. And Why? then I uh, I got I got into a lab my sophomore year and realized very quickly that I didn't want I didn't want to do research. Okay. Why did you think you wanted to do research? Coming from bodybuilding, coming something that like clearly you're Mike. Like this is not meant to flatter, but you're somebody who likes socializing. You like being dynamic. You like being in and among the people. Not like you know you're you're you know maybe you're not like super gregarious, but you don't like to be cloistered. What on earth made you think research is the way? Like what what would put that into your head? <laughs> You know, I don't. I'm not exactly sure. I, I was. I think I was set. I think at the time I was doing. I was doing a lot of my own research, and like looking up. I was just in that. Like, oh, so it was phase. like an offshoot of like you know, I gotta get bigger quads and that uh, that research thing. Yeah, like <laughs> not literally, not literally, but it was probably more for school. I'm, just, I'm now. I'm now. Google I'm, research bigger quads. You know. No, did exactly. you do a lot of that? But that's what I'm saying. Coming up, because that's it's interesting. You see this in young people where you cannot get them to crack a book. They fall asleep in class and they'll barely finish a homework assignment. But my God, they can read fourteen thousand scientific abstracts on the principles of amino acids and ingest it and be like, right on Google. You know what I mean? <laughs> I mean, were you that way? Right. No, I wasn't. I wasn't that intense into it, but I was. I thought that the, I, I was. I've always been a really science-based guy. I've always liked science. Uh, I know. I realize how nerdy that sounds, but it's true. On but, this um, show, please, we get it every other show. <laughs> every other show but, lately. So, so again, I know. I knew I wanted to do. You know, like I wanted to experiment with the scientific process some way. Hmm. You know, and I wasn't sure if that was going to be the end end result but you know for whatever reason when i was you know not 18 19 20 i was convinced that you know if i got into a lab that would suddenly you know make me open my eyes and i'd be one of the best researchers in kinesiology ever you know type thing but um <laughs> but of course you know when i got in the lab and i saw you know it's, it's it's very it's a lot of work you know it's a lot of work and it's a lot of waiting yeah. you know you do a lot of work for you know i like i like the science of it like i like when we were running experiments but i didn't like you know, the nine months of work you have to do afterwards before you can do another one. <laughs> yeah. And and it's interesting. Like, so the physical therapy was sort of like you're in the right arena, but it was your fallback. Is that what you're basically saying? Well, again, you know, again, the, the whole aspect of this, the whole me coming into physical therapy was, again, very serendipitous. I mean, the only reason that I really came into it was because one of my, my going to my junior year in college, I had an apartment up in Amherst and, uh, and I need a job to, you know, pay for rent and everything like that. Sure. So a friend of mine said, you know, Hey, and I said, you know, I was, I was need to get a job. And she said, Hey, we have, there's a, a physical therapy clinic who's hiring an aide. Do you want me to give you their information? And I was like, yeah, sure. And I, you know, I'd never been to PT before. I'd never done anything with a physical therapist. So I didn't really know exactly what they did, right. but I had a kind of a general idea. And so I went there and ended up getting the job and worked there for about almost two years. Again, it's and, interesting uh, how we have to play this up. And I'm, I, 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 this is this is dangerous territory to tread on, but for me, <laughs> for me to tread on. But how your physical, you've mentioned in a few different scenarios, and there's another scenario that, whilst I agree, serendipitous that she happened to be there at that time with that job uh, lead, it was your physical. It was your, you know, the fact that you're lifting. And the fact that you look a certain way that cued her sure. into this would be a good fit. Um, it's interesting yeah. how that isn't, is it really serendipitous? We have to ask ourselves this. Are we, this is not a question for you necessarily, but are we undercrediting the intellect, the talent, and the capacities of people who craft their aesthetic 
Like meaning, if somebody's really working on this, they probably got something rolling around upstairs or else this thing couldn't have been put together. And I think that's sort of in, inadvertently what she was sort of seeing. She obviously, she probably knew you, so she probably knew that you were right. intelligent and all this. But but nonetheless, it was that idea of like, hey, you know, hey, nice delts, want to be a physical therapist? Like, you know what I mean? Do you think that played a role? Do you think that played a role and it was, you know, only serendipitous in the timing, not necessarily like any anyone who had that job and you're in the field of potentials, do you think that because I've been a bodybuilder, I actually have a calling card in a way? Yeah, I mean, I think, I think, for sure, you know, especially what you said earlier, we, we, we were just saying about, um, you know, kind of people kind of under not undermining, but you know, under not credit, yeah, uh, crediting, yeah, exactly that that aspect of it. Because I mean, there's a, especially nowadays, I, I feel like there's a lot of that kind of that, for lack of a better term, kind of that douche culture. Yeah, let's talk about it. Sorry. Let's talk about that. Can we, can we talk yeah. about the that douche culture? You just hit me in Scott's simultaneous <laughs> buzzer. <laughs> you just woke me up out of yeah. my slumber. Can no, we talk yeah, but I mean, but you know what I mean. You know, in terms of like, you know, wearing, uh, you know, the really flamboyant outfits and, you know, being oh, loud and obnoxious. Now you're describing me. Pictures. You're describing me, Mike. I was going to say, I know it's very similar to what Christian does, but. Don't you wish I your bodybuilder like, was hot like, like me? Anyway, so. <laughs> I feel like for an outsider looking in, you know, you look in, you say, okay, I want to get started lifting weights or whatever the case is. And you look in, you see, you know, these guys who are wearing minimal clothing, being loud. It's kind of an intimidating process to introduce yourself into. Or the opposite. Wearing, so think, and, and this is no, but in, speaking of douche culture, there's the opposite as well. Wearing a ton of clothing. So they look like these like rolling rhinos coming through there. You know what I mean? <laughs> I mean, you have no, kind of bo- both cool. ends of that. Let's, hey, hey, let's not, let's not, uh, you know, get all Catholic <laughs> on a little bit of skin here, guys. But, uh, <laughs> Yeah. What, what, what went wrong? You know what? I wear a, a t-shirt and shorts every time I work out, and never understood what was. What, you know what I mean? I don't know. Maybe I'm maybe I'm the conservative one. Yeah. No, it's it's you know. Let's let's talk about that for a second because it's funny, not because it's relevant to the topic, but it's funny. But I will say this, Mike. Honestly, like this is my counter argument to that, which is relevant to the Please. topic. Um, not that this should be the reason why someone chooses to like go into the gym nipples a blaring, but. If you think about it, what drew you into competitive <laughs> bodybuilding was this, like imp- like you said, it started with the being a- the lift. It was a strength thing. But then it went to the aesthetic. It went to, like, if that aesthetic wasn't being somehow represented, it might not have clicked. And we have to, we have to own that as a fact, that sometimes what we as adults say, dude, tone it back, put a fucking shirt on, you know, it also does sometimes play a role in influencing someone positively you know what i'm saying um i'm not saying yeah, it should to imply that your nipples have influenced people positively. oh my moved nations my nipples have <laughs> no i shouldn't because i got kendall nipples they're just reference nipples i call them they're not very big not very well shaped but and they're little dots so you just know where the nipple's supposed to go it was like i wasn't the seriously like the factory didn't complete me they just put the markers there and then set like whoops oh we forgot a part anyway the uh but seriously, like I, I'm just saying in terms of like not I was just about to say before you said that, not twenty four seven, not like and certainly not to the point of like sure. aggressive intrusion, but I, I think that there's that point where like even you are being influenced and informed by it, in spite of the fact that, you know, hey, you're you're showing off too much, kid. You know, like it actually ironically still played a role, even if you don't personally ascribe to it as a fashion statement, right? Sure. Yeah. You're, you're, you're yeah, not liking I mean, this at all. You're like, F you. It's just, it comes, you know, it's just, there's, just, there's, a, there's a fine line between 
You know what I mean, though? There's, there's like, you know, if you, can, you if you go look in a gym, right? I mean, if you're wearing your stringers and things like that, that's fine. But, like, there's a there's an attitude that comes with it that I'm sure you guys have both seen before, you know, that comes along with some of the people that is just the, the – that's just – just, Describe it because I, I kind of hear that same – and not that you mean to, but this is the voice that would have shamed eighteen-year-old Mike. This is the this is the physical therapist voice coming out, and I want to hear it. Not that you, you really. I know that we're playing around. You don't deeply believe this no, at all, but but nonetheless, you evoked it. So tell me about that. What is that fine line, dude? What is it? Because that's the judgment that sent eighteen-year-old Mike into this like posture of oh, better not show it up. You know what I mean? Exactly. What is that? What it's is posture. that? So He's good. Better. He has good posture. No, but his uh, posture gets so much better since he went to PT. Very good posture. <laughs> <laughs> but no. So what I is that? Remember all this, Scott? This is literally ten years ago. I'm just kidding with you. you it's the, it's the benefit of being an old crotchety fuck. That's what I like to say. No, but like seriously, oh, what boy. is that line like? So I, because I, I'm agreeing with you. I'm playing devil's advocate. I agree. There are these dudes with yes, yes. with with permanent lat syndrome, and they're like, you know, and they're they're, they're just really they're there, and they're constantly uh-huh. glancing around, making sure that they're being watched, you know, and all that energy. Oh, oh, can I can I can I chime in real quick? Please. It's called Please. imaginary lat syndrome. <laughs> yes, I, I correct you on that term. I, sorry about <laughs> that. They don't have lats, but they think they do. Okay, I'm good. Now Cam Valeri, take it away. I think what it is uh, is that, you know, when every when everybody is doing the same sort of energy, that's when it's like, okay, it's cool. It's kind of like that logic of like you know, it's the shirts versus skins analogy in basketball. Okay, well, you know, half of the, right, we're taking our shirts, we're taking our shirts. It's it's about that. You know what I mean? It, versus sure. when one guy, when it's like one shirt, uh, one skin versus the rest shirts, now it's somebody trying to make something happen that isn't really going on. You know, is that what you're getting at? Sure. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I, would say, yeah, I mean, it's, I think the fine line is, is, the, is like the, if, if one end of the extreme is, you know, pure vanity, no kind of uh, internalizing the the you know kind of effects of lifting right right whether it's you know like I said some of those things like you know consistency discipline things like that and the other side is you know wearing your sweatsuit keeping your headphones in keeping your head down and just doing things <laughs> you know what I mean I'd say just the the line kind of the mid midway of it is like my comfort zone you know me personally but. You know, but then again, that. but then again, you also, and this is this will be the test, and we may have to have a follow up show for this one. If you no do com- compete at this mysterious end of year contest that doesn't have a date or name, yeah, if you, I want no, but no, honestly, I wonder <laughs> because you before you were dealing with like a you know one forty five, one fifty competitor. Now you're dealing with a guy who might be thumping around at one seventy, one seventy five, or whatever, maybe one eighty. I don't know. Right. And and I'm wondering if in that final few weeks, a little vanity might sneak in not that it should and i'm not recommending it but i'd be i uh, i'm really skeptical that you'll be like no 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 must put on my no, burka to no, go lift oh, <laughs> of course i'm not I'm not saying i'm not saying no vanity no, no, i mean no. absolutely I mean, come on I'm not, I'm not i'm lifting you know i mean i, I work yeah. out and i you know everyone everyone who works out always you know judges their own physique and other people's physiques and things I, like that I'm, absolutely I'm giving you a hard time but i guess what i'm saying is you it's interesting <laughs> Vanity. You, He's coming with the vanity. You hear though how there's like it's interesting how 
the voice you're saying, which I don't think comes from being a PT at all. I, don't, I, I wouldn't equate it like that. But, it, it, you know, a lot of the PT world has that attitude that I mean, how hard is it with the education that you have? Not because Scott talks about this all the time. When you look at someone, your first presumption I, I is. I started PT, by the way. I know, yeah. And like their first presumption is you look and you say, okay, string tank top, you know, a little bit tan and it's only January, you know, got the haircut, oh, got the, got the, dr- yeah, the, the dog, the, the, the Dre Beach giant oversized headphones. He's wearing a belt yeah. and he's doing biceps. You know, these kinds of like, and, and you got, right. so your first presumption is guy must not no bubkiss like is that always what happens and i i did a hard stereotype but where's your yeah, line i mean that's i mean that's not just true for pts yes to, to generalize yes most, but that's what I'm saying, is PTs it on appearance because i can't tell you how many times i see a dude who's wearing a sensible t-shirt and sweatpants and sneakers and whatever and i'm watching him like what in god's what who how did you like and you're wondering how the person isn't dying but because they're innocuous and they're not standing out I'm almost more worried because no one's paying attention because he's not. Sure. Staying, you know what I mean? It's uh, do you, yes. are you, is your eye now trained differently? Do you look at all of it or are you more prone to find the ass hat and start like, <laughs> like, which is your tendency? Be honest with me. What's say, your tendency? It would be this. It would be if, if I'm in the gym, right. And let's say, you know, I'm doing something and someone, if there's a group of people around me. Let's if, if one of them is like that typical, like he's wearing that, like you said, he's wearing the headphones. Bro, the dude. Belt. Yeah, exactly. He's right. probably yeah. going to get my attention first. And I'm going to say, okay, if this guy has a good physique, can he actually like functionally move well? And then I'll watch yeah. him do a set. Do you and think say, it probably matters? Not, you know? you, why does it matter? Yeah. Now, now let's get to your professional. Why the fuck does that even matter? He's got the great physique. That's what he wants. Why does it matter? I'm playing devil's advocate, but I'm asking. No, you're, no, no. And, and to, well, you know, and to your point, you're technically right. I mean, no, no, he's not. Oh, we have controversy. No, he's not. I, I, Christian's never always right. You know what I'm saying? If the guy can't move, there's no way you can present the body in bodybuilding. It'll be half-assed, and he knows that because Christian is a he's he's a he's a I'm specialist opposing. No, 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 no. That's not what I'm getting at. I'm getting at like the idea <laughs> that even if he's not a competitor, Scott, even if he just wants to be like honestly, if it's a it's truly a cosmetic pursuit. How do you, as a physical therapist, leverage the idea that you want people to improve and be healthy? How do you leverage that with that the temporary moment of someone saying, "This is all I want," though? Like, how does does that sit uneasy with you, or do you just have this nihilist? Ah, oh, fuck it, it's his life. Well, I mean, I would say it's, it's somewhere in between. I mean, it depends how bad things are in terms of how he's moving. You know, I mean, if he's if he's doing like okay movements and he's happy with what he has and he's you know he's not at risk of injuring himself really. I mean, that's, who, who am I to step in and be like, what are you doing? You know what I mean? But I mean, if. But if do you silently judge? Any, are, you, are you a. Oh, sure, of course. Oh, of course. now you're. You just oh, said it on the air. All your clients oh. know you're silently judging them. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's, that's my job is to silently judge them. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> I want that job. I have to out loud judge people. This sucks. I want to do it silently. Yeah. That's realistic, though, Kev. That's so realistic, though. But I mean, like, Scott, you probably do it all the time, too. You know what I mean? Oh, my God. I, I get I actually I have my own comedy fest watching people walk around. <laughs> I'm not I mean, gonna lie. Like when, you see, when you see so much abnormal movement, especially in like a gym where you see someone loading the movement, and you're just right. like, like you can just point at the people and say like, oh my gosh, you're like, I'm, I'm gonna see you in the clinic in like three months, and <laughs> right, I know right. exactly how you yeah. got there. But, but isn't <laughs> it? In- 
And isn't it interesting how that you guys like? Here we go. Now here we go. That that we're bonding. Yeah, we know what real lifting's all about. We're we're the bros. We do though. Yeah, we, but here we ah, get larger but, and stronger, faster. But I just heard a voice. <laughs> I just heard a voice of a kid who was doing something that he was really proud of that he did not want to share with his peers. It's an ironic twist that at the one hand, the same judgment sure. that's that's prescriptive toward betterment has this weird social oh, impact. It's, it's so double standard. I just I mean, I'm not saying. This, yeah, there's no there's no resolve to it. I just wanted to point out that we're sitting in this bizarre double standard, that we live the double standard sure. and at the same time that we're affected by it. It's very it's curious. Um, well, I mean, even, I mean, when I was when I was coming, you know, when I was 18, I mean, God, my form was awful on most things. You know, I still competed pain free and didn't have yeah, any yeah. issues. Judge but. yourself. Hey, silent doctor judge. Would you? <laughs> Look back yeah. on. Let's God, take you. Like let's say. Let's not even. I fuck eighteen. I'll even let you get up to twenty if you wanna. I oh, want Jesus. you. To, whatever you wanna do, kid. So here's what it is. I want you to like so how. If you had to give a grade, okay, an A being wow. Somehow <laughs> this person knows exactly how not to damage themselves, and an F being the person is like I don't know dropping like ten pound weights on his eye. I don't know. Whatever. <laughs> you, you pick the spectrum. What grade would you give yourself? Let's start there and move work backwards. What grade? In terms. In terms of my lifting right now yeah like dr mike meets meets little young you know punk mike what what's the what do you what's the grade oh did i give young mike yeah oh my god uh i give him a, a c minus <laughs> oh, oh that's that's good that's pretty bad actually but an a on charm no um the uh <laughs> i mean what, again it's, what it was, was wrong it's things, i never i was never was i never was like formally i think actually you and i christian did you know we did some squatting and things like that but like there was no, no one who truly taught me, like, this is how you're supposed to move. You know, this is how you're supposed to squat. This is how you're Do supposed you to wish you had I that? I just kind of, like, watched a few videos on it and hoped for the best. <laughs> do you wish you had that when you were younger? Or do you think you would have been yeah. too stubborn? Yes. Yeah. It would have yes. saved so much time in terms of, you know, being much more efficient and directed in terms of where my goals were. Because I you find know, young it, people to be so, I got this. They don't even want to hear it. You know, some are receptive, but for the most part, young don't want to hear. Yeah, it's called they're it's called petty. being a teenager. <laughs> they're they're, they're closed-minded idiots, basically. Yeah, yeah, it's I mean, like that, I was a closed-minded idiot when I was in my teens. So everyone yeah. was. I mean, that's just the way. That's the phase. You know, right? Yeah, uh, and that's it, that's what I'm saying. Is it's interesting how like when you see, and this is why it's great having you on, seeing it, how. You you hear like these two different voices from, the, but they're on this like two sides of the same equation. It's amazing. Um, do you think that with that C minus you gave yourself, you're just and you're you're very quick to tack on. It's because of naivete and lack of guidance, not not neglect lack, but just like you didn't have the guidance at the time. Do you think that that is something? Um, we 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 can I think we can casually anecdotally agree that's endemic in how people pursue lifting. People just go in and they wing it. Sure. But do you think that it's something resolvable? Do you think it's the part of physical therapy to resolve it, the industry to resolve it, the, or do you think that it's actually the guys like you who are competing and sort of have the attention and spotlight, whose role is it to maybe influence, re-influence that? And if, if there is a role, it might not be any ones, but how do you, how do you grok that? I, mean, I think it's everyone's really, I think, you know, I think what kind of the, the thing that you had been doing with teams is a real important aspect for a lot of young people. Cause I think that, you know, when you're, when you're young, right. You don't, I mean, especially like for example, someone like me, you know, I didn't have any real guidance. So being able to, to join a team and kind of like see other people who left and also get advice from them, learn from them, see them, see how they you know, do 
and things and other exercises that was you know really helpful for me uh but also i think it's you know a, a job of people like you know medical i mean to some degree medical professionals physical therapists you know athletic training yeah it's, it's just two things as as a rep coaches to also yeah as a wrapping up there's two things like one is um and that's it's really i like that you said because you kind of brought it full circle that it's like one thing that you don't notice that you miss is that camaraderie that connection that you can even trace back to 11 12 years old and how it's missing isn't just a posterity point, but you, even as a professional, now you're sort of waxing and saying, gosh, that connection point would save me as a physical therapist so many headaches if that existed. Because then I'd only be seeing the people sure. who like kind of really need it as opposed to, you know, I don't know what I was doing. Right? You know, and you, you, you're like, dude, you're being an idiot. It was right. It's an interesting that you brought up full circle, but more to the point is that, um, is that you, you know, here you are as a physical therapist um, and I kind of lost my thought, but I'll get it right back as a physical therapist who, uh, is about to re-engage this bodybuilding thing. And you're right. It's like, you know, if like, you're very interested in representing it, but are other physical therapists, do you think that they're just like, they're a little too handsy offsy with the ghetto pursuit? Like, you know, and I mean that literally going down in the ghetto and being like, yeah, okay, I'll, I'll do biceps. I don't know. Because it's kind of where you're about to go. Like, do you think there's a little handsy offsy snootiness? Like I'm a doctor. I needn't deal with your silly, I don't know, lateral raises. I think, I think this is just, I think this is more ignorance. You know, I think that people aren't, you know, they, they have this idea of what bodybuilding is or what, you know, what powerlifting or even just what lifting in general is. Right. And that they're so used to that, that no one's ever said like, Hey, you know, with the correct way of doing things or, you know, with the correct form movement, whatever, these things can be perfectly fine. I think a lot of PTs, uh, their general like, gut reaction would be a lot of these people are doing damage to their joints because they're not lifting correctly or they're Which lifting is a too heavy. common Those threat. Things. Yeah. The most common threat I hear from physical therapists. Exactly. Yep. Which, you know, again, it's, it's one of those things where it's like, there's nothing, there's no real wrong exercise. Yep. There's wrong ways of doing exercise. What were you going to say, Scott? I just had a quick question for you, Cavalry. Sure. You know, um, so I mean, there, you have like basic exercise to get judged, like a bicep curl, or like mm -hmm. a, or like a bench press, or like a, you know, uh, some sort of chest pack fly. But given your expertise, I know this for myself. If you have the understanding and how the muscles work, you can maximize any movement you do, no matter what movement it is. And so for someone to judge it means it would be their lack of understanding to the movement. What, what would your, be thought, your thoughts on that? Yeah, I mean, I would agree. I think that, you know, it's like, it's like people who say, like, shoulder overhead press is, is bad for your shoulders. Right. You know what I mean? It's, 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 I mean, it's, it's bullshit. A, yeah, I mean, it's an, it's an ignorant statement because, it's, you yeah. know, if you have proper mobility, you have proper strength, it's a fine exercise. I mean, you lift things over your head occasionally, don't you? So, I mean, right. you shouldn't – so just loading the motion is something that we naturally would do anyway. So, you know – there are certain exercises that are a little more risque than others, but again, if you have the proper mobility and strength yeah. and you know posture and things like that, there's no reason why you can't do them. Yeah, you know, right. and I think that's one big fault of a lot of PTs and you know strength people and things like that is that there's a lot of this. Oh, don't ever do X, Y, or Z. Yeah. And one of you those, know, is, is, yeah, one of those risque is, movements I think is wearing a string tank. Is that what you were talking about? Right, so, um, <laughs> no, but seriously, do you, definitely, definitely uh, mess that up. Yeah, the, the what well, you're exactly no, but but Mike, the amount of nipple coverage. do you think? And now this is like, let's go, let's let's go, 
let's go into imagination land, kids. Like, let, do you think that if there was some way to, and not that I'm not putting this on you in the slightest, I'm saying conceptually, if there was some way to better ambassador a reverse flow, so basically to take the, you know, those who have now, like, because you see this all the time, guys go through their education, women go through their education, people go through their education, and they learn so much about what was quote-unquote wrong, they develop a binary in their head, and that binary becomes the judgment. Like, that is wrong, I won't go near it anymore. Mm -hmm. Do you think if there was better ambassadorship, like, okay, come on back down here now, and instead of bringing with you your hardcore, two-guns-blaring education, experience it sort of more like, okay, use your wisdom of your education, but experience it sort of in the, the sandbox level again. Come back in. Do you think more PTs ought to be ambassadored back to the sandbox of lifting, of training, of exercise? Even if it isn't lifting, any sort of sports endeavor, do you think there's not enough sandboxing among PTs that you've seen? Yeah, I mean, in, in a general standpoint, yes. Because I think that there's just, I think a lot of PTs aren't used to the lifting, you know, lifting in general, you know, yeah. a lot of them don't do a lot of weight training. They might do a little bit, but not enough to recognize, you know, how to do certain lifts like a deadlift or a squat properly. So a lot of the times they'll just kind of, they get a, they have a general idea through to school how to do them, but they haven't been in the field, so to speak, to, to see what it's like. So, you know, in that aspect that the, you know, in my opinion, they're doing some disservices telling people, you know, Oh well, if, if squatting's gonna be a pain, just don't squat. You know what I mean? That's that's yeah. kind of cop out way of dealing with a problem. That's bullshit. They just don't know. Right. I mean, granted, this you know certain people. If you have some, you know, if you have if terrible hip arthritis, you probably shouldn't be loading a squat too much, or you should be modifying your way of doing things. But you know, for for a regular healthy athlete, if you're if you're having pain with something, you know, you know, if someone if someone's more like if if a PT has been a lifter for many years or is familiar with that aspect. They should be able to watch you squat, look at your mobility, right. and give you a good idea of what to work on and things so you can get out of pain. They shouldn't yeah. just be saying, well, you have pain when you're squatting, do some other exercises to work your quads and glutes and, you know, call it a day. So, but I think, I think to answer your question for the ambassadorship, I think that just, there needs to be more, but the, the, the PTs need to get back into the sandbox, so to speak. You right. know what I mean, they need yeah, to get right. into lifting to recognize, first of all, the value. Because, I mean, a lot of the problems we have nowadays with people, you know, for me, I'm, I'm treating sports and ortho, but also a lot of general population people, is that, you know, let's say their baseline is like 70%, right, strength. They'll drop down to 50, have pain, come see me. We'll get them up to about 70 in the clinic, and then they'll go back out and do whatever they're doing, right? So they need to continue their strengthening into, you know, to, to continue getting more muscle mass, moving better, so on and so forth. And I can only do so much if you're only, you know, if I see you twice a week for, you know, four weeks. So right. I think that there needs to be a better connection between PTs and more strength and conditioning people and personal trainers, you know, and uh, so they can be they can be more kind of carry through. He loves that camaraderie. He loves that companionship. It's awesome. The uh, Mike, that's I think that's a great place to leave it. That was phenomenal although i will ask you this one final little fun question so D dr cavalier uh you never go by you, you never go by that do you because you know you're not an md you don't you i'm just fucking though, you know it. i really i really should for my profession's sake but i usually just go by mike to make it more friendly yeah exactly ah uh, so here's the thing so so dr mike meets uh you know this young buck 17 year old kid who's like i'm doing a bodybuilding thing and you're like meet him what this is what you're going to say to him, fill in the blanks. Kid, 
you have really have to work on blank because it's a disaster. But you have a really good blank and it's got potential. Keep pursuing it. What are those two things? I would say uh, <laughs> you'd have to work on your – oof, geez, this is tough. I'm not really good at Mad Libs. Uh, <laughs> no, but I mean like what was something that looking back on yourself now with your education, you wished someone had intervened with that education way sooner is what I'm getting at. Uh, I mean, in general, I would just say someone should probably tell me to, to work on my form more, you know, in terms okay. of just for everything, you know, to make sure I wouldn't get injured or, or give myself some kind of imbalance that would cause problems down the road. Uh, but I would say, you know, the consistency is really what's the biggest part, you know, yeah. staying dedicated, staying consistent with it. And, you know, it's like that old saying, I forget who said it, but they said, you know, half the battle is just showing up. Yeah. So, I mean, that's especially for a lot of lifting and, and physique type stuff. It's really, it's really true. You know, getting, being consistent with things, being dedicated and just continuing to, to go in and out and work hard, you know, we'll, we'll, you know, that'll really help build your physique a lot more than, you know, buying the new, newest amino acid, you know, product on the market, what, things like that. What is the, what, and you know, what's the, uh, speaking of which, what is that great thing? What's the thing that like, Hey kid, you got your, your blanks got a lot of potential. You're doing this great. What is the thing? Dedication. Oh, you said that. Okay, I, mean, fact, I see. Yep, yep. Yeah. Oh, you so got the fact, it. The fact that he's 17 years old and going to the gym consistently, I mean, that's – most most adults don't do that. You know what I mean? So I was only doing three things do consistently when I was 17, and I can't mention one on the air. <laughs> so um, I could, but it would be gross. Anyway, um, on that note – no, but Mike, it's, it really is fascinating because really we, we don't really get a spotlight of what happens next. Usually whenever yeah, anyone revisits – the passion of bodybuilding it's always some like gory this terrible nonsense happened you know so this is this is phenomenal getting you know it's not the the last bookend but a really cool bookend yeah. to see what happened to this kid who loved bodybuilding it's really awesome um and not that we should be surprised i mean it was a major component in your life of course it's gonna be something physical but this is really great mike do you, do you mind uh do you mind sticking around for the final little bit Absolutely. Uh, actually, and actually, would you come back in ten years when you become Mr. Olympia? Will you? Will you do that? <laughs> yeah, yeah Mike, who knows where I'll be then? But yes, absolutely. In ten years, when I'm what 30, 37? Right Oof. there, you go. Oof. We'll be, I'll, I'll probably still be doing this train wreck. No, but uh, yeah, <laughs> but yeah. Stick around. We're gonna do some ads and stuff, and then uh, and then and then we're gonna talk to you one last time. Um, sure. Uh, Scott, you got anything you want to plug before I move on? Any, anything you gotta promote before I jump into the ads here? Got any good vittles? Yeah. Well, I don't know if promote, you know, I, I just like what Mike said today, you know, like he's spent 10 years, but he's returning back to his passion, you know, no yeah. matter if he's a PT or not. And uh, he's returning back and he's going to see how it's different and what he's learned and the experience. And I'm super excited about that. It motivates me to get back on stage because, I mean, bodybuilding is a lot of fun. It's a lot of joy, and you can use all the information you learn to kind of develop your body and enjoy it. So, I mean, why not? And also, you look awesome in a string tank when you walk around the gym. Just saying. So, <laughs> um, so nipples good. blaring. Nipples blaring. Shorty McShort shorts. Anyway, so uh, <laughs> so let's. I'm gonna I'm gonna do the ads and stuff now. That that's it for this episode. Thanks for stepping inside the big inside. Don't forget, guys who are listening, folks. 
we love being told our heads are up our asses or being told we love stuff. You know, maybe maybe you think, you know, string tanks are the devil. Please let us know. Give us feedback. Give us feedback. Your feedback. You shape our show at thebiginside.com. Leave a comment on this episode, any episode, or join the discussion on the Facebook page. I'd love I'd love that. We love when people are like, hey, you know what? Uh, actually, blank, you know, because it's usually wrong. No, it's not usually right. I'm just kidding. Please. Huh. Give us feedback. Uh, today's show, our sponsors, were sponsored by Saisei Sports. They're the makers of the new pre-workout formula, Rekt. I've been told, guys, I've been told by the sponsors, you're sounding like a used car salesman with our promo. Can you just dial it back? We love what you're doing, but dial it back. Right, so I got to do this. Okay. I'm going to do this off the cuff, okay? I, I want a sample of that, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's our our sponsors. It's a good sponsor. They're good. They're really good. If they, um, can, if they can sample us, that would be great. Yeah, what I have is, a sample too. <laughs> everyone, yeah, yep, yep, samples yep. for everyone no so uh I, for a competition he oh, samples wreck and he wins his competition i just oh, like I, I just lost oh, my okay. just lost that sponsorship um no but seriously <laughs> it's a pre-workout mike do you use pre-workout formulas or are you like of the enlightened class no, like, I'm, I'm just a coffee guy oh jesus i just run on coffee or caffeine guy i yeah. run on good positive vibes and orange juice <laughs> anyway so uh anyway but it's basically it, Master. What it is is that uh, Saisei Sports, they, they went about uh, putting in no surprises, very straightforward mixture in their in their uh, in this tub of magic. Like, I mean, I'm not reading the script. I'm totally doing this from memory, guys, so I don't sound like a car salesman. Uh, it's basically... It sounds better. Thank you. Higher quality ingredients, and I've done it so many times. I can do it from memory. Higher quality ingredients. You pay less per scoop so that you're not, like, you know, wasting your money on something. And what it is is that they're not... They didn't put the ingredients in that were at the garbage level when they assemble it. They went to their lab and said, you know what? No, give us the good stuff. They could have just as easily gotten, like, the B-grade level stuff and made more money off of you, but they're, you know, they want... They wanted to put an elite product out there for people seeking elite results for elite sports but hey this is for you the average guy as well so now every 18 year old bodybuilder is running to get it no but seriously you should saisaysports.com s-a-i-s-e-i sports.com rect is the name of it r-e-k-t yeah. um hey. Hey, hey, uh, Christian! I think Cavalieri has some good uh, rec. Right, uh, exactly. Board. They're holding. They're holding up a. You guys, it's not a visual medium. <laughs> and besides you, <laughs> besides <laughs> the, the send that to me. It's it says, folks, for people listening, it's a hat. Fuck you and get wrecked. And I think that should be wrecked new theme yeah oh look at that get they wrecked hire a cavalier for their promotions director. cavalier is the marketer our, our other sponsor today has been scorpio creative <laughs> it's a boutique design branding and marketing firm for small businesses like yours if you've got a small brand or small company or local hey hey maybe you're maybe you're like i don't know a brand new doctor starting in on a physical therapy thing and you need someone to help you market logo website design branding marketing text the works scorpio creative works with small businesses Unlike the large firms, they try to price comparably to your position and, you know, they deliver all the services. It's literally nothing you can't get from this small little boutique firm for your small business. So keep it small, keep it local, keep it real. Go to ScorpioCreative.com. I don't think that sounded too car salesy. Remember, folks, the big inside is independently funded. That means you, you guys, your ears listening right now, you, whether you're 18 or 36 or Mr. Olympia, uh, you are funding us. So 
please go to TheBigInside.com. Consider dropping a few bucks in our virtual bucket of love. Your generosity is not only appreciated, we will brag about you on the air. Please help us out. You guys are supporting us if you're listening. You know, help us stay afloat. In fact, why not just hump our leg completely and become a sponsor of The Big Inside? Contact information is on the website. We love hawking your stuff and the karma is real. Now is the point in the show called The Inside Drive where each of us is going to give you guys a recommendation, a goal, an idea, or a personal quest, something that we are going to work on in this upcoming week that we think, you know, you should probably look into doing as well. Scott, what's yours? What do you what what's your what's the thing you're going to be focusing on that you think other people should? Yeah. Let me what's it going to be like becoming a PT? No, what is it really? What's your thing for the upcoming week? Um well, since we had uh Mike Cavallari on today, which I'm a big fan of, a nice uh, professional um, I think that if people can figure out where their attention is where they're, when they're at the gym, it would be really helpful so they could develop uh, their bodies. Otherwise, if they don't know where their attention is, you know, it's sort of, um, you know, it's sort of a lost quest. So you'll be putting, so your, your, that's your, the only thing. You'll be putting your attention in more better and solidarity? Yes, attention and solidarity with <laughs> acceptance and openness to receive the knowledge of the body. Oh, God. He had a couple <laughs> beers when he won that game. That's awesome, dude. No, thank you, Scott. Mike, so what's 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 yours? What's the thing that you're going to be focusing on You know that you think other people should equally pop into their psyche this week? Probably, which is from a mix of you know my work career and also kind of extracurriculars with lifting and things like that, is probably helping others uh, achieve their goals this week. So... You know, whether that's something like my patients trying to get rid of pain or go back to running or something like that, or, you know, one of my friends who are lifting trying to, you know, hit a new PR or something like that, uh, being more encouraging and, you know, helping them out in that aspect rather than uh, just kind of passively being there, being an observer. So I like that. That's awesome. Mine, just so folks know, look, the past few weeks I've been talking about food constantly. Everyone mocked my my almond protein bread thing from last week. I'm furious about that. It's good. It's really good. Um, you made that? Oh my god, it was so good. But th- this this you is made my, that. I'm doing. Oh. I made it. I made it, man. It's awesome. Handmade. But this week, I'm not talking about that. You can forget about bread this week, folks. Forget about bread. My thing. It's more conceptual. The long route. That's my thing for this week. Uh, we had a couple warm days here in the winter in New England, and I was going the long way to wherever I had to go just to get – people say, oh, for extra exercise. Yeah, that's true. But you know what? When you break out of your route, it's just awesome. So I'm – you know, if you're walking or in my case bicycling anywhere, take the long route. Take like that extra 5, 10 minutes and just go a totally different way. Totally changes your perspective while adding that little tiny bit of added exertion. Take the long route, folks. Do it. Anyway, that – Thanks, man. Um, I like you. This is a feel-good episode. Um, that's a, that's 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 the big inside for this week. I'd like to uh, thank thanks again, Doctor Mike Cavalier, for joining us. It was awesome. It was a lot of fun. Thank having you. Talk. Appreciate it. It was great. Thanks guys for having me. Thank you, and Scott. Awesome as always. Thank you, Scott, for coming on. Hey, thank you, Christian, and it was great seeing you, Mike. I'm I'm excited for your success, man. I'm excited. Thank you. Yeah, it's it good to see you guys too. See you it in ten. See you in ten years. Today's show was produced by the Physiculture Collaborative, who's not, whose only accomplishment since their teen years was keeping in touch with their prom date. That's your workout for your ears this week. I'm Christian Mady, a.k.a. XN, for The Big Inside, reminding you that no matter what you do on your outside, what makes it big is what's found on the inside. Thanks for listening. We'll talk to you later. 
Show starts in three, two, <laughs> three, wrong page, three, two, I forgot to start the thing. Well, you fucked that up good. Good dad. Scott knows how it's the music's supposed to go right then, and I forgot to hit the music. Okay, I'm gonna do one last time, Mike. I promise this is it. This is it. This is it. Cavalieri, you know, take another shot. We're gonna be here. You know what's funny? When Scott isn't here and it's just Nick, this never happens. Anyway, so Scott, you're the jinx. All right, here we go. Uh, No, no, I'm about perfection. Three, two. (laughs) 